My name is Katie Bulmer. I'm a former heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who found out at the age of 23, a cute boyfriend and hunch punch won't actually fill my broken places. Shocker, I know. It turns out there's only one savior. After this realization, I met a youth pastor turned financial genius, unlike any frat boy I ever dated. So I married him. Together, we have mentored teens and 20-somethings for over 15 years. We've learned a lot of the common themes, struggles, and ways we can help. So we're doing a podcast. Here it is. She had the white dress. She had the job lined up. She had a plan until it fell apart. Today, I'm chatting with 22-year-old Allison Ayler as she opens up about the aftermath of a broken engagement. If you are walking through a transition, a breakup, or just not really sure what's next in life, this episode is for you. Hello, Allie. Hey, Katie. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for being willing to be on the podcast and just talk about all the things. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited. Okay, so... You guys, I don't know Allie in real life. She responded to the call I put on Instagram like, hey, I want to talk with young people about life and just help you navigate all the things. And Allie was one of the first responders and she had a great just, you know, bio and ways that she wanted to learn about stuff and just interesting stories. So I reached out and she said yes. And here we are. (laughs) Yeah, I've been following you for a while. um, And in the social media world, I felt like we were already friends. And so when you were like, hey, this is something I want to do, I was like, I think I could always use someone to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we're already besties. So that's the good thing about social media, right? Definitely. It definitely just like opens the door to be able to know more people outside of your current zone. It's true. People give it a bad rap and certainly you can get lost in it. But I mean, my word, we, you, so you are a graduate of Virginia Tech, right? Yeah. So I went to Tech. Um, I graduated in December. So I was there for three and a half years. I graduated a semester early. Oh, go girl. Yeah. College is expensive. So yeah, <laughs> jumped out a little bit early. And so we would not have met in real life as it had not been for the Instagram world. Fully. Okay. What is your major? So I majored in at Tech. It's called Human Development. It's a pretty broad major. A lot of people will go to be teachers or um, some people go to PT or a lot of people will just go to grad school afterwards and do a lot of things with. Um, I work in marketing now for a super small business in my hometown. Yay, me too. So yeah, it doesn't have a lot to do with my major, but my major was a lot about um, talking to people and relationships that we have with people. And so I think it kind of fills into a lot of different job opportunities. Yeah, goodness, relationships with people. That's like every job. I know. Okay, so where do you live now? So I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Okay, awesome. Southeast friend. I'm over here in Chattanooga. Yeah, I really want to go to Nashville. That's like hey, where my yeah. in places I got to go. Okay, so you mentioned in your bio, I thought something that was really interesting. Um, how your senior year in college, like you had a plan, you know, everything was lined up. You were like ready to conquer the world as a lot of us do, you know, when we're graduating college and your plans and your reality, you know, weren't always in line. So can you take us to that? Yeah, I'll take you back. 
Um, Take us back. (laughs) So my senior year of college or senior semester, um, I guess I had it all together, at least a little bit. I don't think anyone have everything together, um, but I at least had the bones of what I thought the next part of my life would look like. Um, I got engaged February of my junior year. and I had a job set up through my fiance at the time. Um, so it was a company that he knew really well, people that he'd worked for before. Um, and it was kind of like the dream. It was super easy. It allowed me to kind of travel a little bit just because he was going to school. So it was hard for me to get a job in one specific area. Um, and then in, I graduated in December and earlier this year, me and my fiance, we ended our relationship. Oh my um, goodness. So with the end of relationship also came the ended job. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I found myself sitting in the home I grew up in without any idea of what to do next. And when was this? So this was February, March. Of this year? Of this year. Girl, this I'm is still, still fresh. I love it. <laughs> Oh, my word. Okay. So where are you in this journey now? Take me into that. Um, so figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've always been someone who finds herself in relationships with people um, mm. or with boys, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think my whole life I viewed, especially growing up in like a Christian home in a Christian environment, this was never like told to me, but I think it's what I took from what I learned is that the biggest thing I could ever do in life would be to get married. Mm. And I saw a lot of like the friends that I grew up with went to Christian schools and are already married or the people around me were getting married. Um, And so for me, the most like painful thing that I could imagine happening, I was sitting in the middle of it. Um, And so it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. The least. But yeah, I, I'm someone who doesn't like sit in things, something bad happens. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing next? What's going on? What's the plan? Um, I'm a six on the Enneagram. Nice. (laughs) So I have plans for everything. Yeah, you're a planner. Yes, very much so. Um, And so I kind of like took a step back. My parents were awesome. They supported me in every decision that I made. Um, And I think my next step was just like, okay, I got to get plugged in in Richmond. I got to find a community. I got to find people to be around. Um, That's the only way I'm going to be able to walk through this. Wow. So you're like still like in the deep end of all of this. So you had a plan. You were going to get married. You had a job. And then that all hit the fan, right? Yeah. So what I thought when I was a senior in high school was I would have actually, I would be married right now. How old are you? 22. Okay. Yeah. You're still a baby, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. I was just actually on the call with a friend who is 29 and her podcast is going to air before years. So hopefully we can go back and look at that, but she's 29 and single and, um, you know, she didn't think that she would be this way. But what's cool about what she's doing is she's like exploring the world and doing some, you know, really cool stuff and like embracing the single time. But l- let me back up because you are very fresh on this, like 
holy cow, what, like, this is a, um, (laughs) almost like, you know, the wound is still bleeding. Like, you know, this is very fresh for you. And I totally get that. First, I want to say like, you know, a breakup is a death and you know, no one talks about this. We talk about like, oh, we'll just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep on moving girl. And that makes a cute t-shirt, but uh, it's a death. It's a death of what you thought would be. It's a death of, of that person. You know, you had a a close relationship and I love you relationship. And now I assume you guys don't talk anymore, right? No, we don't. We did for a little bit once we decided to call it quits, but now it's, we don't talk. And I think that's a healthy thing. I think so too. And all of that is fine, but just giving yourself a time to grieve, you know, you don't have to go back into the the world right away. You, you know, take a minute to, to grieve that and, and let it hurt and let it cry. And like, you know, go with your friends and eat all the ice cream or, you know, it's okay to grieve. And I don't think anyone says that. So I just want to give you permission to, to let that, but that, you know, if someone were to die, everyone would expect you to be depressed for a while. But for a breakup, for some reason, we're like, it's okay, girl, like keep moving the next day. And you're like, uh, give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I have been really good with the fact that the life that I planned died. Mm, good. Um, and that's like, that's a real thing that like I planned out an entire life with someone and that's like not reality anymore. And no matter what way you spin that, it still hurts. Yes. Um, and that's okay. But I think one of the coolest things is like now I get to plan a new life. Like, you know, God can bring redemption and a new life in the middle of something that some days still feels like it's bleeding. Mm, Well, you're so mature for walking through this. It seems, I don't think that I was that mature when I walked through, I walked through actually something very similar. My senior year was not engaged, but um, we definitely had talked about forever. We had talked about, you know, all the things. Um, He was my plan, you know, that, you know, A, B, and C was all lined up and he was there for it. And, and then we broke up. I was like, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not the way I had everything planned. I'm sorry. No, this is not the way it's supposed to happen. But retrospect, of course, I can see now. It, I always say that it was like, you know, at the, um, those romantic movies when like a girl standing at the altar about to say yes to the person that's wrong for her and like the hero bust in at the back the back of the church and he's like breaking up the wedding and stuff. And everyone's like, what just happened? I know that sounds crazy, but like, that's the way I see now that breakup for me, my senior year. And I don't know, you know, your situation specifically, but I'm hopeful that that hero for me, it it was Jesus. Like he was going into like, no, you know, you're, you keep settling for lesser loves. You keep getting your heart away to guys who don't know how to respect you and you just keep settling and I want better for you. And so that was like Jesus breaking up that wedding for me and then giving me something so much better than I can imagine. Um, And that's my husband now. So I hope that that's encouragement to you. Yeah, no, that's a like very good way to kind of put the way that I feel about it. Um, yeah, the man that I was engaged to is wonderful, and I have absolutely nothing like bad to say about him. Um, but the life that I know the Lord has called me to would not be the life that I would live if yeah. he'd gone through with getting married. And I think for me, like. I would consistently have expectations that I would put on him that he would never be able to meet. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. not fair for a human being for me to have expectations that he just can't meet and for him to have expectations that I just can't meet. Um, And it 
for me was just such a showing of like God's faithfulness for me in the, in the plan that he has for me. Um, even when it looks like a complete like disaster or failure happening, if I see the most like steady hand of the Lord's provision. You sound like you're in a really good place from it. Um, so you talked about like finding your worth and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. So correct me if I'm wrong, but like kind of finding your worth in a guy. Is that something that you feel like you struggle with in the past? Oh yeah. Speaking my language. <laughs> girl, you're not alone. I feel like every girl has struggled with this. Oh, yeah. we, we wouldn't say it like, oh no, I'm independent. I'm fine. I got this. I've never this. heard a girl say like, oh, I've never done that. We've all done yeah. it. Yes. And I'm sure that that is so, especially hard, like engaged. I mean, that's like, <laughs> that's a big deal to be a breakup and all that kind of stuff. So realizing, and we know on paper that your worth is not in the arms of a man, but, you know, having it kind of, this guy says you're my forever. And then it didn't work out. Like, I guess just kind of talk, walk me through how you're figuring out that your worth really isn't in a guy and how you're kind of coming to terms with this and, you know, just finding the worth in the Lord and what he thinks of you and where you are in that journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I think for me, I'll never forget And I, we decided to break up. I went to see him at school and that's when it all happened. And I was driving home and my parents knew like what was going to go down because I had warned them and they were like, Hey, if you need us to come pick you up, like if you can't drive, let us know. Um, and I was like, I think I'll be fine, but I'll let you know. Um, I was driving home and I kind of like took a step back and I was like, for so long, I don't think I've stood up for myself in any relationship I think I've ever been in. Um, and I think for the first time I saw myself standing up for the core of who I was. Um, mm-hmm. And so in all of the moments where I worry about what comes next down the line or how people view me, because nothing will humble you more than having to cancel your wedding. Oh, my word. How, then, far, how long were you engaged? So we had been engaged for over a year. We had sent the dates. I had a wedding dress. We had a wedding venue. Oh my gosh. Yeah, nothing will humble you more. <laughs> Girl, I feel like you can write a book on this. Go ahead. I'm Maybe sorry. One day. <laughs> um, but for me, in the moments where I was like, because one of the biggest things I struggled with, and I'll be really honest, is I was like, people, like, this is a very public yeah. Up. Not like we're public figures, but people knew we were planning to get married. Yeah. Um, and I felt like sometimes I felt like I owed people explanations or I had to like sugarcoat it to make people not feel so bad because people's first reaction is always like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, I like always had to remind myself like the way I felt when I was driving home. And I knew like in my heart of hearts, in the peace that the only the Lord can give that like, this is, this is the moment where I'm coming back to me and I'm choosing myself and I'm choosing my own journey with the Lord. Wow. So the reason you broke up is because you just felt like you couldn't, it just, it wasn't your best yes. Or do you want to talk to that about that for a second? Yeah. So before we broke up, we decided, or he decided, um, that we were going to put our wedding on hold. 
um, just financially, it made the most sense. We both had no money. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and like that was causing a lot of stress and it was very much just like, I love you and I want to be with you, but this doesn't seem like the most responsible thing for us to do for our future. Um, and me hearing that, um, being a type six was like my entire world is falling apart. Yeah. Your plans. Yeah. Um, and it like took some time, but I was like, okay, I understand it. I get it. Um, and we started just having a lot more conversations about what the future looked like. Um, he was taking grad school very, very seriously as he should. Um, but very much making that the number one thing in his life above all else and nothing else could touch it. Um, and I had, we'd had some conversations just about things that I really needed from him. Um, and it had gotten to the point where he was kind of like, I understand that you need that, but these are things that I can't give you right now. Mm. Um, and I was like, if you can't give these things to me right now, I don't think you ever will be able to. Yeah. Because life like doesn't get easier from here, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's so mature of you. I feel like a lot of girls in your shoes would not see that. So I'm impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So it was just kind of like a, I don't think as much as I love you and care about you, I don't think I'm going to be the person that you need. And I don't think you're going to be the person that I need. Wow. And that was that. You got guts, girlfriend. And I, and I dig it. Thank you. I'm learning to, I'm learning to lean into that a little bit more. Okay. So talk to the girl who is either engaged or in a long-term relationship. And she's just like, uh, I'm not feeling it, but you know, I'm too invested. What will people think? All those fears, but she knows it's not, you know, where she needs to be. What, how can you help that girl? Yeah. I think one of my friends texted me a couple weeks ago, um, with just like a question about her relationship. And she was kind of like, how did you know that it was over? Um, and I told her, I was like, it's this conversation when you know, like if you find yourself kind of questioning in more of like a deeper sense, cause we all question like, are we sure? I think yeah. it's super normal. But if you like feel it in your gut, just like this questioning, or if you're having conversations with yourself of like, Oh, what would people think? Yeah. You need to trust that. Um, more than anything else, like, you know, yourself and you know, in your heart of hearts, like what the Lord has planned for you. And if you are sitting in something that you know, isn't going to lead to the life that the Lord wants you to lead, then you need to step out of it. And that's the strongest act of courage and the strongest act of like showing up for yourself that you can ever have. Oh my gosh. You're so inspiring. I mentioned, um, there's this book called, uh, the sacred search by Gary Thomas. And I've read like everything Gary Thomas writes. He writes on relationships and stuff. He's so good. But one of the things that stood out to me was a quote he mentioned is dating girls that are dating before they're married, they get to choose if their future husband is going to be a rock. Is it going to be a rock that they lean on or a rock in their shoe? That's a constant, you know, nuisance, a constant pain. Holy cow. That is so good because I've seen so many women like 
settle, you know, like, well, he's good enough or I don't want to be single and I'm going to make excuses for all these things. And, and hear me clearly, like a man is not supposed to be perfect. We're all sinful human beings, but like just knowing, knowing your worth, knowing your standards, knowing what's important and not settling. Like if I could just that one thing for young women, like, ah, cause I settled, I was the girl who made so many excuses and I'm just praising hands that um, none of those guys did ask me to marry them because <laughs> I'd have been like, oh, okay, sure. Because I was just like so afraid of being single, but I would so much rather be single and knowing who I was versus married and miserable, you know? Fully. And that's the thing is like, I, I know in my life, in the next however long God lets me live on this earth, like I need someone that can support me and consistently lead me back to him. And that's something that I don't think I've ever experienced in a dating relationship yet. Um, like truly and yeah. deeply. And I think when everything first kind of came to be with my situation, I remember I called one of my really good trusted guy friends who I've known forever. Um, And I was like, listen, like, I know I shouldn't be thinking about this, but it's me and I know I'm going to, but like, how am I ever going to be able to tell someone in the future, like this story, like, how am I supposed to tell someone like that? I gave something my all and it failed miserably. Um, and he was just like, one, stop talking about this. Like, you don't need to worry about this. But also he was like, the right guy's never going to think this is too much. Mm. Man. And that for me was like the most important thing. And like, I've come to realize that we all have like lists and things that we look for in guys or our non-negotiables is what I grew up hearing them called. Um, things that we have to have. And I think for me, um, I wrote down really early in this process that the thing that I need to look for above all else is someone that talks about Jesus. Like he knows them, man, you're so good. I love this. And I think for me, that's like above all, like it doesn't matter where you go to church, yes. what your parents believe. Like if you can talk to me about Jesus, like he is your friend and you know him, like we can sit down and have a conversation. But if you can't talk about Jesus, like you know him, like that's not, you have no, right to come into my heart right now. I am in love with your perspective. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced and I truly believe this to my bones that beautiful women like you, like all these sorority girls I get the chance to talk to, it, they have so much more control than they realize in the dating world. If women like you, you know, break up with the guys that are not chasing your heart and like what you have already done and decide, no, my standard is a guy who loves Jesus. Like, loves as in has a relationship as in talked talks to him as he's his friend, you know, that kind of relationship. That's my standard. Mm-hmm. And you know, nothing else is negotiable. I firmly believe that men will rise up. I mean, every romantic movie is about a man chasing the girl's heart. It's in their DNA. They want to pursue you. And if pursuing us means chasing Jesus first and us meeting like at the top of the triangle, you know, like the man and woman both chasing after Jesus and meet at the top, like, I just believe that could change the dating world. Women say, no, I will not date you. No circumstances unless you have a relationship with the Lord. Then that I just feel like it would change everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think it's so easy for 
girls because we like nurture yeah. so well and we care so much to be like, he might not be exactly where I need him to be with the Lord right now, but like I can encourage him. And then, and that's like a spiral right. that you, we just can't go down anymore. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I, for sure. I get frustrated. Yes. We all change. I mean, I'm a different person than when we got married and so is Brian. And and that's a good thing. We need to grow and change, but I, I am not his savior and he is not my savior. And to think I could ever change someone that that's just baloney, baloney sandwiches. I tell you, yeah. oh my gosh. Okay. You are like so insightful. I'm just loving this conversation. Okay. So take me back to like, you have a plan. Everything is planned out versus knowing that God is in control. Yeah. So I think for me, especially at the beginning, it was really hard for me to believe that, like I knew in my core that it was the Lord's plan, but it was hard for me to believe that on the outside. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, I didn't really have a church that I went to in Richmond. I'd only been here for like two months when this was happening. And I knew I didn't want to go back to the church that I went to at high school. Um, just because I like rumbled around with my faith a lot in college and knew I needed to be somewhere where I could just kind of sit for a little bit. Um, and I knew if I went back to the church I went to in high school, they would expect things and assume things about me that I wasn't ready for them to assume. Um, And so I went to a church that one of my good friends went to, and I sat there that Sunday morning. And of course, the sermon series was on Uh, love. Of course. And I was like, I hate that I'm here right now. Um, But the pastor said something and he said, although real love always changes, pure love holds steady and maintains. And I was like, And at this point we were still together. Things were very rocky. Um, But I sat there and I was like, what I am in right now is in the middle of so many changes and it is everything but steady. Oh man. Um, And I like sat there and I I cried some tears. Um, Because in that moment I was like, I wouldn't be sitting here if this wasn't a part of like the Lord's greater plan. Oh wow. That's so good. We wouldn't be at a sermon about love. And about how steady love's supposed to be if it wasn't something that I was supposed to hear. Yeah. And so for me, it's that was kind of the moment where I was like, all right, this might not be what I have planned, but I know that this is a part of his plan and this story is going to bring him glory. Um, so yeah, and another thing that someone told me in the midst of this was just that something that I've always struggled with when it comes to Christianity is what obedience looks Mm -hmm. like. Um, I think I grew up in an environment where obedience always looked like doing something like serving in some way. Um, and I think I learned throughout this, that obedience sometimes just look like, looks like a daily practice of trusting God. Yeah. Sometimes just the small things. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was just like taking it day by day. Um, and knowing that, in the midst of a time where I have no idea what's going on, God yeah. does. Like he's so got it covered. He's got the next 300 years planned. So I shouldn't worry about the next two months. I love that. I know that I remember thinking um, during any breakup or whatever that like, that was my whole world, you know? And like, what are people going to say? And then what about his mama and um, the best friend that is his best friend that I really like to hang out with him? You know, all the things that change that are related to that breakup. And 
And I know that you know the answer to this, but I remember thinking like, you know, of course, that that was your whole world. What I see now is like people move, people forget, and it's so much heavier for you than it is other people, even though you think like, yeah, people will talk about it for 10 minutes and then they're going to go on with their own world, right? Like it feels so heavy, but it's truly not. Um, But since you're so close to feeling those heavy feelings, I just curious, like, do you already feel the the light of them? Are they still feeling super heavy? Like all the repercussions of all the things that, you know, happen after breakup, how are you and all of that? Yeah, I think it's really weird because I expected this to hurt for a really long time. And there are definitely like moments where it still hurts. Um, But overall, I think I did a good good amount of grieving while we were still in the end of our relationship. Just as it was ending, I think I was doing a lot of like personal work on myself as well. Um, And I think I've come to learn a lot about myself in it. So it's so much easier to kind of like, in the moments where it really hurts, look past that hurt into what else has grown from this. Um, But it's definitely hard. And I've been, I really like to kind of gloss over things like this. So for me, it's been very important to make sure that I do sometimes like sit in that hurt. Um, Like in the moments where like, I really miss his sister. (laughs) Um, Like for me, like I also grieved like a future sister-in-law. And so it's just learning that we all have moments where we see our past and we really miss what could have been. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is so good. Okay. So moving forward, you know, you had a plan. That plan is now definitely taking a right turn, left turn, whatever you want to call it, is taking a turn. Where are you in the future? Do you have you know, you're a planner, so I'm sure you do um, some sort of plan. I mean, there's there's obviously a balance in having a plan and letting God can take control. And I think that we also we always need to, you know, be with that balance. But where are you with moving forward? Or do you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm still really in the middle yeah. of figuring that out. Um, I really don't know, like what the next year yeah. even looks like for me. Um, I'm in a job that I really love and I work for a boss that's wonderful. Um, But I'm working for a super small business in my hometown. So there's not a ton of room for growth. Um, But also like, I don't really know what I want to do next. And so it's kind of, I'm trying to give myself a ton of space to not know. That's cool. Do you, do you know what a dating plan is or do you have a dating plan? Um, I don't have a dating plan. (laughs) I have one for free on my website. Shout out. I'll have to check that out. Check it out. But basically, you know, just defining what's important. And I think that you already talked about that. Just, you know, making sure that the guy loves Jesus as much as he loves his best friend. And I think that's awesome. And maybe that's the only thing you need to define. I always say that make sure he loves Jesus and has good taste in music and the rest is just details. But just having a plan, I think a lot of girls walking to a dating relationship with no plan or, or if they want to date or if they want to take some time off or, you know, anything like that, I feel like girls just don't make a plan in that. And so I would encourage you just to write down somewhere, even if it's like the note section of your phone, like what is a non-negotiable when it comes to dating? And I think you've already nailed some of that down, but maybe just putting them in writing will help you not make it. And I don't think you will, but a lot of girls make excuses, you know, 
Oh yeah. Or blur those lines of, well, <laughs> yeah. he sort of has good taste in music. I'm, I'm kidding about that, but. No, I think that's non-negotiable. Yeah, non-negotiable. You can't see in the car. It's over. What's that? If yeah. you can't see in the car with me, we're done. Seriously. Um, it's funny, Brian, um, my husband was a Christian before I was. And so like in the nineties, he was listening to DC talk and all these like early Christian bands. And so he'll like reference something. And I'm like, mm, those are the days I was listening to booty mix 96. I have no idea. <laughs> thousand percent. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, we have very different days in music. So we always joke about it. But, um, okay. So I definitely would encourage you to make a dating plan and, um, are you, let me see, you're back in your hometown, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So you obviously know people there and have a community. So that's really cool. But definitely like maybe look into places where you can get involved and you might already be doing this. But, you know, I always say, I didn't realize this until we moved, but we have a friend that's part of like a paddle group. We have parents, my parents are part of this RV group. I know that's random, but like any type of group you can imagine it exists, especially in a decent sized town. And there's you know, any type of interest you can imagine. It's just a great way to meet people. So, you know, people think, oh, well, I don't know how to meet people unless I go to the bar. Like, please, you know, there's so many different organizations and groups and clubs and events that you can go to. So I think that'd be a really cool way just to get community. And it sounds like you're already doing all of that, but that's just my two cents worth when it comes to like getting back on your feet and stuff. Yeah, I know. It's been really good. The church I go to has like a very big mix of people. Oh, good. Um, and so it's been nice that like some nights we'll go play trivia or like that kind of thing. So it's been, Oh, cool. That's kind of where I found most of my community. I think like in the next year or so, I'd love to see myself kind of getting a little bit more involved past like what I'm doing now. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you're definitely taking a lot of right steps to kind of like get back on your feet and you sound like you're in a really good headspace and you know, surrounding yourself with the right people is so huge. So you have some good girlfriends that you can lean on and stuff. Oh, yes. I, one of my best friends from college, who's actually the chaplain in our sorority, um, lives in Richmond. And I don't think I would have made it through two minutes of this without her. Oh, um, fully. I will never forget when I was sitting on her couch and I told her, I was like, Hadley, I don't think I'm going to be married at the end of this. And she was like, that's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, we need wow. to do. Um, I love her. Yeah. She's honestly the best person I've ever met. Shout out um, to Hadley. Yeah. Shout out to Hadley. Um, <sighs> and it's so cool just to see how like the Lord has worked in her life over the past year of her being in Richmond. And um, it's so good to have really good girlfriends, which I don't think I've really had as much as I feel like I do now. Girlfriends, power of sisters, man. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, Allison and I are both 80 pies. So throw those diamonds, my friend. Yeah. Go diamonds forever. Go diamonds. And you were at Virginia Tech, right? Yes. Nice. I was at Georgia Southern. So, you know, not close, but hey, that's okay. <laughs> football schools, right? Where yeah, yeah. It's a big football okay. school. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So where do you see yourself in five years? I don't know. I think if anything, I would love to be at a point where I can be like pouring into girls that are younger than me again. I worked yes. at a church camp for four summers and I loved middle school girls. I, yes. there's no one I can hang out with more than like a seventh grade girl. Oh, 
we will be best buds forever. Um, and just while I was in college and now I didn't feel like I was at a place where I felt comfortable kind of putting myself in that like leadership position with people. Um, just because I knew there was so much that I needed to figure out. Not that you have to have everything figured out before you serve. Um, but it's a lot of responsibility and I don't think everyone realizes that. And so I think even in the next year, I see myself kind of stepping back into that. That's awesome. I have a um, soon to be sixth grade girl, so y'all can be besties. <laughs> They're the best. A lot Middle schoolers get a lot of strife. Um, yeah. But for me, there was there's nothing more fun than picking a middle schooler's brain. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I love that. Yeah, I'm pers- surprised at how much I'm loving this stage of life. It's cool. Yeah, it's hard. Middle school is really hard for me. Um, But I think it's like so much development happens too, that they have so many thoughts going on in their head that unless you ask them, they'll just sit there. Um, Uh, And so it's cool to kind of see my middle school self and some girls and be able to kind of pull out those ideas because the way like these girls are going to date and these girls are going to live their lives, they're they're forming now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. once they're in high school, they, they already know who they already have their like systems and cycles and check. But the middle school is all still being formed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh my gosh. I'm just loving chatting with you. Can I, is there any way I can like help just some, someone who's been married for almost 14 years? Like is there anything that I haven't answered that you might be interested in just something a little bit further along the journey than you marriage, life, all the things? I think the biggest thing that like freaks me out is someone that like, I've said this, but I'm a six on the Enneagram. And so my basic need is just for security. I very much like, like to have an idea of what's going to happen and feel secure in that. Um, And so the biggest thing for me is like when people meet the person that they do spend the rest of their life with, they're, they're always just like, when you know, you know, mm-hmm. like there's nothing like it, but I, there's a part of me that doesn't believe that that could be true. So first of all, I would say, I think that that's a cute saying. <laughs> I'm a marketing major. And so you get this too, but I feel like our TV, you know, romance industry has like made this, you know, you see someone at a grocery store and like the the theme song from Dreamweaver plays in your head and nothing, everything goes shadowy and lights fly behind their eyes. And I just don't think it's that cute in real life. I hate to be like a total buzzkill. My husband stood out to me because of his extremely high standards of integrity and how he was unlike any other guy I dated in a very good way. I knew that he was the one also because, like you said, he knew the Lord like a million percent more than I ever even knew was possible. And he taught me so much. And um, he said to me that, so he had like, he was a Christian for longer than I was. I was a fairly new Christian when we met. And, um, but I was definitely like on fire for the Lord and stuff. And so he said that, what in what he liked about me is that if I only had one page of the Bible, I would like live it with all that I had. But what I loved about him is he was just so knowledgeable and 
he taught me so much and he lived out everything he knew as well. So I guess to answer your question, I don't think, you know, that whole, when you know, you know, thing, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe I'm a cynic, but I don't think it's like that quite that, you know, magical and cutesy. I think it's a little bit more of having a plan of like, what are my standards and what are my non-negotiables? I didn't have that plan. I'm so thankful though, that God was so gentle to me because Brian was the first guy I dated after I had become a Christian. And I feel like the Lord was just very gentle to me during that time because I was so um, just, you know, like the wise man built his house upon the rock. I feel like my my faith was still a little bit on sandy soil and I wasn't really sure where I was going. And Brian was that like stable rock for me that I could lean on and just a, such a picture of Jesus to me. So all that to say, like, I think God was very, you know, just guided me in that. But if I had to do it all over again, I would have had a plan. And that way, maybe when I met Brian, I would have been like, oh, he is the one because I know A, B, and C. Yeah. But I feel like thankfully God just kind of like, directed me in that way, even though I was like, you know, a squirrel, like flowing all over the place, not know what I wanted. Anyway, I don't know if that makes sense, but I would encourage girls to get a plan. All that being said, God, for sure, his plan is more important, but at least you can have somewhat of a direction that you're headed in. And then when you know, you know, I would say it's definitely more of like, is this someone that you're equally yoked with? And just to clarify, a lot of people think that has something to do with an egg. It's an, it's an oxen bar where two oxens like moving forward in the same direction. I think the modern day example is like a three-legged race. If someone's laying on the ground, you can't run forward. So you're both running together on this three-legged race after the Lord, after Christ, after all the things that you're passionate about. And then that being in place, I think really and truly the rest is just details. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then a little bit of a follow-up question. Yeah. (laughs) Just because you were in a younger place in your faith in him. Did you ever struggle with like the shame of not feeling like you had like done your work to be able with someone that loves the Lord as much as your husband did when you met him? Yes. He never made me feel that way. My my own self mel- made me feel that way. And I think a lot of that had to do with my questionable younger person decisions, like in high school and college and stuff. And this is why I'm so passionate about you guys, my younger friends, because, you know, I slept with the guys, I danced on the tables, I smoked the whatever they were passing around at the parties. And I did all those decisions having no idea that one day I would meet the guy who I always said I wanted, this incredible Christian guy, and be like, I have to explain that, you know? And it it never occurred to me when I was 18 years old that I would have to explain those decisions. And it never occurs to most 18-year-olds. Because I guess just no one tells you, but why I'm so passionate about you guys is because I don't, if I had to do it all over again, I would have loved to have saved my body. I would have loved to have, you know, just protected my heart and my mind for my husband who was doing that favor for me. He was doing that for me all along and protecting his eyes from questionable, you know, all the images that are thrown at men, protecting his body. And meanwhile, I'm like, you know, gallivanting all over. (laughs) And it's just, So yes, I had a lot of guilt trying to be like, I'm not good enough for him. I'm not good enough for him. But Brian never made me feel that way. When he proposed one of the, it was like different stations set up. 
And one of the things was a basin of water. He had me like wash my hands in it. it he had little notes laid out and it said, wash your hands in this water. Um, this symbolizes your purity in Christ and you are a new creation to me. And I'm like, mm. oh my gosh. <laughs> He's just always looked at me as a new creation. He said, the old Katie died in the baptismal waters. The new Katie is who I love. So he never made me feel that way, but but certainly the devil or myself or whatever you want to call it struggled with that. But hey, I guess it led me to what I'm doing now, talking to my friends on a podcast called Truth for Your 20s. Yeah, definitely. And I think like it, it volumes into like who your husband is that he yeah. and like he showed you also who God is through his love for you. And so that's awesome. true. Yeah, definitely true. He's I'll always say he's been a picture of Jesus to me for almost 14 years. Okay. Allison, one more question. Well, actually two more. <laughs> the last one is what could, would you tell your 18 year old self? If you could have coffee with your freshman in college self, what would you tell her? Yeah. So I think I would tell her, um, to ask all the hard questions that you have, mm. um, to allow yourself to doubt and to make mistakes. Um, because there are definitely things that I like wish I didn't do in college, but I also learned so much for them. I don't think I would take anything back to give yourself a lot of grace. Um, but always listen to the still small voice inside you that yeah. consistently is calling you back home. Um, I think throughout like everything I've been through in my life that there's always this still small voice reminding me like where I'm supposed to stand. Um, and that's on the rock. And I think like throughout everything I went through in college, there's a thread of that still small voice. And I just wish I would have listened to it a little bit more at some times. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. And lastly, what podcast or books or just messages that have poured into you lately that you would suggest to others? Yeah. So one of those is definitely the book. It's not supposed to be this way. Oh, I just read that. It's so good. Yeah. So good. I loved that book. Yes. Um, For me, it was such like a, I think Lisa wrote it in such like a raw time in her life that I felt like I wasn't alone in the like bleeding out of my life. Yeah. And so that one was really good. And then the second one that I would recommend, I'm a big, big fan of Emily Freeman. Yeah. She wrote Simply Tuesday, Tuesday, and then she just put out The Next Right Thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I follow her. She's really good. Yeah, she's awesome. So she has a podcast called The Next Right Thing, and that one's so good. Um, but there's something that she says in the podcast and in the book Um, and it's, I quote it to myself a million times a day. It's, I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights. Mm. I live in the unshakable kingdom of God. The kingdom is not in trouble and neither am I. Man, that is good. And for me, that was like my, that's been my like calling card. I'm writing this down. The kingdom is not in trouble and neither am I. Neither am I. And that's just like, if I could get that tattooed all over yes, my body. Right. I would. Um, just that no matter how shaken I feel, the kingdom is not in trouble and neither am I. Oh man. Emily Freeman. Yeah. I followed her for years. She was a blogger back when I started blogging a hundred years ago. She's really good. I like her. Yeah. Simply Tuesday was like my favorite book for a good, like three years. I think she also wrote Grace for the Good Girl. Something like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. Thank you so much, Allison. How can people stay in touch with you, Instagram, whatever you want to shout out for, you know, how people can stay in touch? Yeah. Um, if you want to find me, I am on Instagram. Um, it is Ali Liz Ayler that yeah, Allison Ayler. Okay. <laughs> but it's not like an easy name to Instagram handle to remember. Um, but it's just Ali Liz Ayler and that's where I am. Nice. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for sharing the the good and the bad and the ugly and all the things that you've learned on, along the way. You've been like so inspiring. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is the first time I've like kind of spoken publicly about everything that happened. And I knew when I was walking through this, that one day this would be a part of my story. And it's something that people needed to hear because I know there are girls sitting exactly where I was pre-breakup or where I was post-breakup that not a lot of people talk about it because no one wants to, because it's hard. Um, And when you put it out, I was like, I think this is a step towards what the Lord's called me to. So, Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful that you were willing to do that. No, thank you. All right. Bye, Allie. Bye. Hey, if you love this episode, well, I'd love your feedback. Head on over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast and leave a review. Reviews help us know what you love, what topics you want covered next, and help others to find us. Hey, speaking of which, if you have a friend in mind who could really benefit from today's show, take a screenshot, like right now, of this episode. Share it on your Insta story and give me a tag so I can thank you. I'm at katiebulmer.life and we really appreciate you spreading the word. Thanks so much for joining us today on Truth For Your 20s.